What's up, everybody? Hello. Welcome to the the Hustling Sideways podcast. I'm Alan Hallis. I'm a music writer. And I'm Jim Love, and I'm a keynote and motivational speaker. And this is episode number 58. 58. And um, let's tell them that I pulled up about 12 seconds before we started recording. Oh, yeah. We literally, he just walked, I he just, just ran just right into in. the house. Yeah. And, and it's funny because I, as you, if you've been listening to the show for a while, you may know that I used to have to Google directions here for probably the first 27 times I came here <laughs> because I'm not a directions guy. I'm not Lewis and Clark. I don't know where I'm going. Um, however, that then switched where I knew where to go. And then I moved. Yes. And that ruined the whole thing. As now you've got... It shouldn't have because I didn't move far. But now I have to like deal with traffic. Yeah. Now you have new traffic patterns and to deal with. I didn't know that. <laughs> also, didn't even ring the doorbell. He yeah. literally just I, ran in I, the I house. In, and the reason why is because I know you well enough where I knew you'd be setting up and I knew you wouldn't hear the knock. And I was like, this is the first time I've ever done that. Like kudos to me for coming here. House. Like no, here specifically, like coming here probably over 80 times and, and, uh, and always ring a doorbell yeah. or, you know, knocking. And today yeah. I, but today I found myself at home. So quick side note, there yeah. has only been one time that I accidentally was in the wrong house. Like of your own house? Yes. No, no, not my own house. Oh, like you walked into someone else. Oh, yeah. yeah. So yeah. it was a, it was a birthday party for somebody mm-hmm. and they were saying, yeah, door's going to be open. Like we'll all be around back. Like go hang out. <laughs> like just come in through the front, go through the house. Yeah. Like we'll be out in the back hanging out. So I pull up to this house and I'm like, you know, <laughs> lights on. It seems like this is the right spot, kind of right? Here. Yeah. And um, they, I'm assuming I'm hearing noise in the backyard. I walked into the neighbor's house. Oh, man. I walked into the neighbor's house and I walked in and like opened they- the door and like heard noises that were definitely not my friends that were just like people like talking. This isn't where I parked my car. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> I very much had a moment of like, this is not where I am oh, supposed man. to be. That's brutal. And I just kind of closed the door and, and ran next you're door. Out, you're out. That's they it. had no idea. As far as I know, it was, it was terrifying. That's I also did also, I uh, guess while we're on it, I walked yeah. into a coffee shop one time after they were closed, Yeah. but nobody had locked the front door. Oh, so you just walked in. So I walked in, lights were off, That's and I yeah. again looked around, and there's probably hilarious security footage of me just like slowly backing up. I guess up. I'm not supposed to be here. Yeah, it's the it's the Homer Simpson meme oh, of yeah. him like fading into in the bushes. bushes. Yeah, I, yeah, I faded my way out. I will also say one time my car key, like, like, you know, the opened up somebody opened up some dark, and I, and I walked in and I'm like, I don't own a coffee mug. And it took me 15 seconds. I mean, like, like, which is a long time. Same car, same type of car, same make model. And I'm like, wait, like this doesn't. And I'm like, oh oh my gosh, this isn't (laughs) it. Like, and now that I'm worried because that my car could just be open by anyone. If someone has the same keys, I'm going to try and steal your car after this. Just to see what happened. I guess on that note, (laughs) <laughs> we could shift into yes yeah. we absolutely can shift i'm into. here i showed up and and happy happy to be here and you're in the right house. i am in the right house didn't didn't walk through the wrong house and i, I walked into my own car to get here so it's been a great day and who's with us today i want to tell us more about them. so today we have an author by day but also a a serial side hustler we love well. the word serial side hustler yeah one of our favorites so we have todd bryson joining us mm-hmm. on the show today hello todd welcome to hustling sideways What's going on, guys? I couldn't help but think of, uh, you know, I've never, I don't think I've walked into the wrong building. I sort of have the opposite effect. Like my house is on the main street. It's not clearly labeled, but next door is clearly labeled. They have a driveway and we don't. So my neighbor and I are always like getting the wrong groceries. Like somebody will literally walk up to the house with like four bags of groceries. Like, hey, here's your stuff. And I'm like, 
that's that's not my stuff. Like I, I'll take it since they pay for it, but yeah, I'll sadly, tell now. I wanted all this yeah. Michelob Ultra. This this, this will be <laughs> yeah, that's right. That's great. Uh, and I, if I'm not mistaken, Todd is coming to us from another state that I don't think we've hit before. Yes, Where are you name coming that to? state today. I'm in Tennessee, so like my little moniker is Todd B from Tennessee. That's how everybody's going to remember it. Um, I'm in the sticks out here, like 40 minutes west of Nashville, in a little okay. town called uh, Dixon. Awesome, awesome. I don't know if we've had, we might have had Tennessee, but I, we definitely have not had Dixon. No, we haven't. You're, you're, I hope that you're the first person from Dixon, Tennessee, because that would be wild if we had two of those uh, two folks from there. But maybe I you would be shocked. Your neighbor might have came on talking about the groceries you've been stealing from him. Yeah, over. that's what it is. That's what he's it is. On, I'll talk to Matt. He's on next week. Actually. That's right. It'll yeah. be on next week. To, to <laughs> about that. We do have to acknowledge the t-shirt game um, by Todd is on point. Taco Tuesday legend killing it um and the moral of the story is today is well we're recording, Monday, on, a tuesday, but we're recording yes. on a tuesday and uh and that's and we're really glad that you're here with us to be a legend of taco tuesday todd so thank you thank you and obviously you know i walked the talk almost i went to the local like chipotle and had a burrito ah, i was gonna lie i was gonna say i had a taco it was definitely a, like a burrito but you know it's the same it, genre right it, it it's counts. close enough it, i'll count it it's all yeah, it's yeah, all pretty much works. in the same vein <laughs> now yeah. i really want a burrito so that's that's the same ingredients well, yeah. yeah when i steal your car we'll drive to chipotle mm-hmm. it will just work on it it's a fair assessment go. yes <laughs> um, todd so you've got a, a background that leads you to writing uh, tell us a yeah. little bit where, you know, kind of how you, you got into all of the different things that you have gotten into up to this point. Man, I got to tell you, the writing journey is so bizarre. Like people come into it from so many different ways. And I feel like in this era where the tools for like creating and distributing stuff have never been easier to access, where you see all of these different backgrounds of people who come in from, you know, music writing or motivational speaking or like journalism, which is kind of my background. Um, When I was in college, 2008 to 2013, took the victory lap, you know, did it the right (laughs) way. Um, I majored in uh, communications and focused in journalism. And that's, that's what I was going to do. It's 2019. It's a lovely spring day. And Todd Bryson sees no problems at all with the newspaper industry. And he thinks that's going to be the place for him. Uh, in the course of the four years that I was, you know, there on that track, the newspaper industry obviously just implodes all the local papers disappear, get acquired. And now you have like a few big ones on both coasts. Um, But that was it. And so I kind of had to figure out, okay, what next? Like everyone has this moment where they they realize their life plan uh, doesn't go the way they uh, thought it was going to go. And for me, it was always going to be like figuring out what to do with the skill set that I had. Mm -hmm. And I think that's what I worry about when people come into like, this very fast paced life is you, you know, you go to college, you have your degree and then you go, well, there are no more jobs in, I don't know, PR. So I have no idea what to do with these skills. I I think the right tactic is to then kind of do what you guys talk about and, and be open to these side hustles and go, how do the skills, like, let's forget the titles. How do the skills apply to certain jobs or ways to make money or whatever it is. And I've tested some of those that were really bad. I was a technical writer for a while, worst job in the world. Um, and I've, <laughs> I've played with some that are, you know, very lucrative, very good. I've done some copywriting, right. Which is fun and lucrative and 
essentially the same skill set. So that's like, that's a scattered look at where it came from. It's um, starting in journalism and then really just cobbling together some semblance of a career and keeping food on the table uh, with, with the skills that I got really. Yeah. Sure. Did you always know that you wanted to be in writing or was that since like you were a kid or when did, when did that start popping up that like, this is, this is cool. Yeah. So my dad was a journalist and like, so if you go all the way back and look at that, um, most people have moments where like, it's kind of a joke now. It's like, I learned my dad was a human whenever like this certain thing happened. It was like, they couldn't figure out the directions on the microwave or like some goofy thing like that. <laughs> Honestly, I don't, I don't think that I've reached that moment with my dad, either that, or I always realized like he was so open about just being kind of a goofball and, and we both just had fun. And so I'm, you know, seven or eight following him around to like high school baseball games that he's covering for the local newspaper. Mm -hmm. And I think the, the bug was kind of planted then. Mm -hmm. um, you just, you just pick up a lot as a kid because you listen and you watch and you, you're just trying to figure out how to be. Mm -hmm. um, and that's, that's where all of that started. And so the, the professional stuff, again, you, you put it together as you go, mm -hmm. but it, looking back, I, I can't escape the story that like, I just wanted to be as cool as my dad was. And that's, that's where <laughs> now here we are. So yeah, I, I think it's cool that there's like a level of uh, validity to a lot of people trying to emulate someone that they look up to. And then it slowly but surely becomes what they're yeah. passionate about. And yeah, that's why like the people you're surrounded by are so critical to development. And that could be when you're eight years old or 28 years old, you know, like right. if you, you have to have folks either that you really, you know, are inspired by or that are just really interesting and you want to learn more from them and you really see how that takes shape. But I, 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 I love it because it's like, that's like, your dad is cool. And it's like, I want to be like that. And then that, that turns into fashion. And then sure enough, here you are talking about all the roads that you've been on. So it's really, that's really sweet. Yeah. Um, I think too, like you, you speak to a reality of a shifting kind of nature of, mm -hmm. you know, writing. Mm -hmm. And I, I can speak to that firsthand. Sometimes yeah. it's not about just being able to write it's about being able to write and, and, and mm -hmm. to have a versatile approach. Um, so when, at what point did you kind of say like, okay, writing stories may not be the full thing. Like there may has to be, may have to be a little bit more than this. Yeah. I think it's the real reason that anything happened in my life is because I got married. Um, I moved to, I spent one year at like a private um, small college down here in Tennessee. It was called Martin Methodist back then. Tiny campus, 945 students. So like you knew everybody. Um, I wanted to play golf at the time. So I like went down there on a scholarship to play golf. I had a high school girlfriend at the time. She moved to ETSU. The long distance relationship was a, a disaster. So I followed her to ETSU and I was like, I'll show you, like, you're going to get too much of me. Um, for, for the record, we just celebrated 10 years of, of being married last night. Hey, well, so, yeah, you know what? That's, that's great. It, it, it worked out. It worked out. But there's something about like including other people in your life that forces you to get really practical. Like mm -hmm. all of a sudden when you go from you know, you're outside of your parents' little bubble and they're taking care of you to now, not only are you supporting yourself, but you've said to this other person like, hey, 
let's make a life together. Let's forget both of our parents and see if we can't figure out a way to make to make a living. And so even at, you know, 21, 22, I'm forced to get really practical really fast. And so what that meant for me was going, all right, what jobs are available now? Like I wasn't thinking anything beyond that at the time. Is this job's not available? What job is available? And we moved back from, you know, the mountains in Tennessee and East Tennessee back to middle Tennessee, where we are now or close to it. Um, and I just started reconnecting with people, um, had this guy named Danny, whose last name is somehow spelled with a W, a Y and a Z. And I can't pronounce it to this day, but he, he was telling me he worked for this tech company and he said, Hey, we're looking for a, we're looking for tech writers and I'm a decent interviewer. And I said, you know, here's, here's what I got. Here's what I came from. And I've picked up the rest on the job. And frankly, I think that that's been kind of the, the pattern of my life. It's like, okay, I think I can pull this off. Let's start, you know, let's, it's the old jumping out of the plane with the, with the parachute and trying to you know figure it out on the way down thing. I, I think I can pull this off. And then, you know, once you're in the atmosphere and again, the, the stakes are up, you know, you got to, you got to perform if you want to stay there, um, mm -hmm. kind of learn what you need to learn. So for technical writing, again, specifically for the technical writing, it was just, I said it was super dull, but it was all templates and formatting and Microsoft Word and tech speak. And that was the stuff that I, that I picked up there. Um, and Again, I, I like to trade up. So anything that I took from there went to the next kind of step. But that, that was where it was all started, you know, getting right. practical and getting yeah. uh, boring almost to uh, <laughs> to figure out the next step. Yeah, no, I, I agree with that. And I think that that's what also makes you a well-rounded, not only writer, mm -hmm. but I think in anything just, you know, anything professional, you know, you absorb something from mm -hmm. wherever you are in your life, no matter what, if it's a, if it's your main job, if it's your side hustle. Yeah. If yep. it's whatever, you absorb something from that. So really getting into that position of having to, you know, learn tech jargon and having, you know, it's just an expansion of being able to write. Mm -hmm. It's just now being able to go to that next level and say, mm -hmm. yes, I can write and mm -hmm. I can also, you know, I can speak tech now or I can speak yeah. whatever. Long way from high school baseball. though. <laughs> right. Yeah, totally. Totally. Yeah. But I think, I mean, I think, many, you know, I'd said earlier, forget the titles, right? I, I worry that many people today, you know, get kind of stuck in the idea of, of what they want to do, e even though we see the world as it is, right? We know how fast it's changing, but you get this idea in your head of, of who you are and mm -hmm. what you want to do. And you don't strip away to like, not only what can I do, but what do I trust myself to learn based right. on the things that I've learned so far? And I think that that ability to just go into a situation I did understand, pick it up really quickly, more than the skill set, I was just like, oh, okay, like I can figure it out. And the knowledge that I could figure it out was as helpful as anything else. Yeah. yeah. I mean, it's it's difficult to go into something sometimes where like the expectation is you have to kind of learn as you go. I think sometimes people, especially mm -hmm. if they're passionate about something, are like, I immediately have to be good at this because this is what I'm passionate right. about. 
And that's mm-hmm. not the case. I mean, I like I knew I wanted to speak, but I wasn't good at writing and I wasn't good at speaking. <laughs> so <laughs> I had to learn how to do both of it. And I got, I, it took me a while you know, to like, I, and I'm not a natural writer. I still wouldn't consider myself to be. I had to learn how to write, how to motivate and had to find my own sort of structure to do it. And, um, and had to practice it a lot, you know, yeah. in front of people, in front of the brick wall, in front of whomever would listen and then got good at it. And, but I knew there was always a passion behind wanting to do it. Like, I, like the end goal was what I had a passion for, which was inspiring students or employees, whatever it might be. But the process to get there, I didn't know that, like, I had no idea what was going to be involved. And I'm like, well, let's just see what happens. And I learned, I learned each day I was if quote unquote on that job, you know, yeah. of, of like, things that didn't go well like here's what i learned from this and like tried something new at a school didn't work okay you know back to it and a lot of folks probably you know if if you have sort of that passion there might be an expectation that like right off the bat like oh this is this is my thing like you're gonna you're gonna fail a couple times many many times and you have to kind of learn and find your own niche throughout the whole thing and i feel like you're very good at doing that and in figuring out you know like joining something new but having a, a, a skill, you know, that, that, that could, that could be applicable mm-hmm. to it, but then learning as you go and picking that up and seeing how that leads to your next thing. Yeah. Um, I tell us so. a little bit too. Oh, go mm-hmm. ahead. No, no, no. I, I think so too. I agree. <laughs> oh, good. There you go. Perfect. There we go. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, tell us a little bit too about some of the first uh, side jobs and things that you started picking up side hustles, so to speak um, yeah. along the way. And, and, what you know you learned quickly and what maybe you you took a little bit but you <laughs> developed over time with that yeah so i think back to the the corporate job like the first one that i took again big a tech company that was growing fast um and it was in the biometric security industry which mm-hmm. sounded like nebulous nonsense when i joined but later i was like oh this is it's like you know minority reports like reading people's <laughs> yeah. you know it's, it's cool futuristic exactly. stuff right i see um, no difference yeah <laughs> yeah yeah that's right yeah exactly like that um all the scary things that you can imagine as well right all, all, all the cool <laughs> and all the scary things that you can imagine um but being in there i knew i i still had this thing where i thought okay um this probably won't be forever, whether it's, whether it's my choice or somebody else's choice to let me go somewhere down the road. And that's what happened, by the way, we can get into that later. Um, I knew that a job was temporary and and I think all jobs by their nature are temporary. Like if, if we think all the way back to some of the first formal jobs, it was, Hey, uh, we need railroads to get across the country to deliver something from one end of, the, of America to the other. So the job was you showed up, you built the railroads. When you were done, it was over. Like it was always going to be a temporary time period. And that structure still exists. But because of the relative stability of like the last century, we, we've been fooled, I think, into thinking that jobs are something more than they are, more stable mm-hmm. than they are, more predictable than they are, more, um, I don't know, useful than they are. Um, but in reality, even then, I, I knew I needed to have some sort of escape plan, I mm-hmm. guess. And yeah. that's when the uh, the blogging and the self-publishing started. And funnily enough, uh, I, I released the first book called The Creative's Curse. Um, and that did pretty well and honestly continues to do pretty well. I had a small following at the time, maybe 30 or 40,000 on a, on a blogging site called medium.com, which is yep. just open blogging um, and, and did pretty well with the launch there. Had more ambitions for the launch of my second book, The, the Unstoppable Creative, the next year. 
and I went like I abandoned Amazon because at the time I was like, I don't want to give away so much of my profit to like right. Amazon because they, they take a big chunk, right? So I said, okay, I'm going independent. I have enough of a following now to do this on my own. And the marketing um, on that side was just more visible, right? When you release something on Amazon, you can kind of disappear. Like your name's there, but Amazon can cover anything else that you might need to do. So I was kind of invisible to my coworkers. Mm -hmm. The second book launches, and this is where it gets interesting because I launched the second book. It's a big deal, you know, in all my social sites and everything else. I'm not shy about it like I was the first time. And I walk into work, book launches on a Monday. I walk into work on a Tuesday and I'm like pretty happy, right? Because I pulled off this accomplishment. The sales are decent so far. And I walk to my desk and my manager walks up and she says, uh, hey, have you heard from John in HR yet? And I was like, oh, no, no, I have not heard from John in HR yet. She said, he really wants to talk to you. I think you could, um, you should probably pick up the phone and call him whenever you get a chance. I'm like, oh my gosh, that's, that's exactly what I want to do on a Tuesday morning is call right. the head of HR Perfect. to see what's going on. And I had talked with this guy before. He was kind of hard to read, right? Like a, a little flat, it, very well, HR, right? You know, he's like, he's like the guy. Very HR is a really good way to put it. Yeah, yeah. Exactly. He knows he's going to, He's yeah, he's going to have to have some tough conversations with people. So he has to be at least a little muted and guarded, right? Because that makes that job easier. Um, but I get back to my desk and I'm like, okay, here we go. I pick up the phone and I dial the number for Boston to reach John and HR. And uh, I pick up the phone, or I hear him answer. He says, hey, it's John. And I said, hey, John, it's Todd Bryson. Uh, Tammy said you wanted to talk to me. He said, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So I heard that you launched a book or something, right? And I was like, yes, I, I, I did do that. And he said, cool. Um, how can I get a copy? And I was oh, like, oh, oh my God. God. Like Thank what God. an insane release at that time, because a lot of corporations, you hear the horror stories, right? Of people who step out on their own manager gets jealous, they quash that. And then yeah. now this person has to go do everything underground or quit, which puts them potentially in some tough financial straits. But totally. here totally. I was just no, I don't know, design of my own ended up with someone who, who not only supported the work and was okay with it, but like, wanted to buy a copy of the book. And so that, that really, you know, despite being a very corporate environment, I, I had a great kind of platform to experiment with, with the self-publishing. And I, I built that up over the years and um, even like online course sales. I did some of that while I was at that job. And that, that was indescribably helpful to sure. not have to sneak around for seven years while I did the side hustle thing there. Yeah, totally. no, I get that because I, I was one of the people that kind of felt like I had to sneak around for a long okay. time. But then also, like you said, that that horror story, I was tense and nervous for you just re yeah. rehearing it here. <laughs> yeah. I mean, like, I'm like, oh, no, this is the part where he gets fired. Yeah, like, this is the right. part. But yeah. I understand that feeling, too, of like, you know, you put something out, you've got that high going of like, hey, we just I just released this. Everything's going great. And you want to hear what from me now? Yes. Like you want to talk, you want me to talk to who? Like, yeah, that, that is, uh, it seems like it could be the biggest of buzz kills to be like, yeah, HR wants to, you know, have a yeah. word. Because <laughs> they've discovered this thing that you've been doing. Yeah. And yeah. now it was panic. 
you know? Yeah. And I, I had the same experience of hiding what I was doing for a long time at the, at, at the company that we, you and I worked at yeah. uh, for, for you know, probably a couple of years. I just didn't want, it, it was like a separate part of me that I didn't really just want known. I kind of kept on the wraps when I was on, like when I was doing a talk, I'd be like, yeah, I'm on PTO and I'm at a wedding. I just, I literally would lie. And now and my 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 new job, you know, my career for the last five years at Manpower Group, I I've, I'm open about it, and it's actually like the leadership is so supportive because I also know like it makes me happy. I enjoy doing it, yeah. And 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 I I can, I'm able to obviously able to do my career, and it's 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 makes it like the leaders are so much more fun and giving when 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 that happens, and then I get excited about it. Like that's great. Like yeah, you keep doing that. Like proud of the work that you do, and I'm representing us, you know, in a way, and then it makes me a better speaker yeah. and on behalf of what we do. So I, I, leadership can make a huge difference when it comes to supporting the, yeah. you know, the lifestyle that you want, and and um, you know, and it's our our generation's a pretty side hustle generation. It's what we do, and mm-hmm. we enjoy it, and and frankly, a lot of us need to do it. And I was going to say a lot of us need, yeah, to do it. yeah. And, and that's it's it's a big part about our identity, and that's not really known by older generations. They they, they sort of focused all their time on. On, on the thing, right? They worked right. the same job sometimes for 40 years and there's validity in that. And certainly that, you know, that's a good thing, but I, I, it, it's, I've totally like aligned with that story. You know, it's like that, that's like a, it's an unfortunate thing to have to, to kind of root around secretly with yeah. it. But one thing I also want to point out, you kind of said like you had an outlet for, for, you know, some of your, some of your, whether it be like emotions or just generally you found this way to do this as an outlet. And, and we yes. find that a lot in the show is that like a lot of people, you know, like we have some nurses who are doing arts and crafts on the side, like they, they, they have an outlet for either like some, some painful memories, some great memories, and just want to have a medium to show off something different. And it then becomes a passion. Like I'm, you right. know, I mean, we've had many people say it like, and same, like I have an outlet for some of the thoughts I have on leadership and it's fun to do that. And it makes it a more enjoyable process for you when you feel like you have a really, you know, significant medium to show it on. So, yeah. You know, we've heard, we've heard that a lot of times on here for sure. Yeah. Do you feel like, um, you know, what you've been, been able to write, is it kind of a departure from, you know, when you're self-publishing a book or writing a book, does it feel like a departure from the other stuff that has to like sit on your plate and you're like, I have to get X, Y, and Z done. Yes and no. These days, because most of my deliverables are also writing, <laughs> it's right. like, uh, it's it's kind of a mixed blessing, right? Because on the one hand, I am getting to do the thing that I wanted to for so long, like lifestyle wise, here I am talking with you guys. It's 5.02 on a Tuesday. I'm wearing a t-shirt. I just like ate eggs an hour ago because I was like, what the hell? Eggs for lunch, yeah. why not? Right? So <laughs> the lifestyle is really good. I, I do have to be very um, intentional about having that, I guess, creative window. So yeah. like, because a lot of what I do now is I write in order to initiate a transaction. Like I do a lot of copywriting. I do a lot of sales page stuff now, very creative and very fun in its own right. But you're, you're going to lead people to like, there's one endpoint, right? So like all every, right. wherever you are up here, you're trying to make a convincing argument to get them to purchase the thing that you want them to purchase. Right. I, for my mental sanity still need not that, right? Like I, yeah. I need an area where it's just, again, it's maybe Thursday morning now instead of Tuesday. And I found this article on Pablo Picasso. And even though there's probably no chance that's going to feed into anything that I do, maybe it does. But I like I gotta have that time where I just sit down and read for my own edification. And yeah. maybe I'll write something off of that. Maybe I want. But either way, that's that's the 
kind of grease, I guess, that keeps the rest of the of the engine running. Yeah, I, I get that because I can I can get into a point too where you know I need to turn out some articles for for work mm-hmm. or whatever or for the side hustle even too. And you become a machine a little bit yeah. where you know like things kind of get formulaic and you can tell like I can tell for myself when I'm like burning out because mm-hmm. I know that like my work becomes, you know, maybe I'm using the same adjectives again. Or maybe I'm using the same whatever, where like, you know, the format feels like I'm writing the same thing. And I'm like, that's when you know, you have to find, like you said, the grease, you have to find something that's gonna, you can't be a cyborg, you know, take you out of it. Yeah, you have to you have to find like, it's almost like your outlet for like an outlet, you know, in a way where it's okay, like I'm stuck in a monotony kind of thing. And now it's do something new or do something different, take an hour to go you know, fill your cup back up and then come back and you can be maybe in a better headspace to take it on to. Yeah. Speaking of cyborgs Mm -hmm. and and technology and all of this sort of thing, Mm -hmm. um, is no secret within the the writing world and the journalism world (laughs) that, you know, chat GPT and AI are are taking over. But I know that you're somebody that prides yourself on on the written word. Um, Is that what has been your experience with that sort of thing so far? Uh, and is it, do you find any, any use case where you're like, okay, I can see where this could actually be beneficial for for what you do. Yeah. So the story I love to tell now. So first let me say this because someone's listening to this right now and going like on the edge of their seat, because everyone is nervous about this. Yeah. We have a whole like, what 11,000 Hollywood writers on strike right now as we're recording this because yeah. obviously they, they they want more compensation but they're nervous that all the producers are just going to go bye guys it's now a network of robots that we don't have to pay at all and they can write our episodes of Outlander all we have to do is type in the prompt like hey write a spicy love scene between Jamie and Clint right like that that's the yeah. fear yeah so I think before I tell this story of my own experience I think the best way to well that fear to calm that fear is to actually try to use the tools for what Mm -hmm. you do because then you can step outside the rhetoric and the news stories which by the way are exaggerated on purpose and Mm -hmm. drive some anxiety on on purpose like i don't want to get into that whole debate but we know that's what they do so go if you're listening to this your assignment is go and use the tools. If you're a photographer, go try it like mid journey. If you're a writer, go to chat GPT or Google's Bard, which is now out for two days and use the tools because then you'll discover something like I discovered when I tried to use the tools. Mm-hmm. A couple of weeks ago, I was, um, I was putting together this post on British writer, Terry Pratchett. And if you can see that all this top row of my bookshelf, all Terry Pratchett, great mm-hmm. author. Hello. Are you guys familiar? I'm not. I am terribly not familiar. Yes. Okay. No, well, then you guys have homework too for this yeah. <laughs> for yeah. the episode. <laughs> yeah, you get, you'll get a kick out of them. But I'm I'm trying to put together a piece about him. And what I want to do is analyze his writing. Because that's what's fun for me is to go, why the heck does this paragraph work? And how does he make it so captivating? And that's the kind of the motivation for everything I do now. But mm-hmm. I know that in order to make many people interested in this guy that they may not have heard of or, or have read, they need some like stats as to why they should care, right? Like everyone cares about Warren Buffett because of his track record, right? That's why we all know the name and many years of him being there. 
So if yeah. you don't know it, I have to go, oh, he's done this. He's like made this much money. He's written this many books. He's got awards, influences, and all of these things. I decide on this day that I'm going to get chat GPT to do this for me, right? Mm -hmm. I'm like, okay, now's, now's the time. I've delayed it long enough. I've been scared of it long enough. We're going to log into chat GPT and have him do my research for me. I don't know why he's a him, but in my mind, he is. I'm going to say <laughs> Okay, chat GPT, tell me a little bit about Terry Pratchett. Sure enough, like nice paragraph comes out, tells me that he's a British author, written 41 books in this most popular series, done all these things. I say, okay, now tell me a little bit about his, you know, financial success. Again, talks about, you know, millions of books sold, probably earned this. After that, he did this, donated to this and this charity. I'm like, this is amazing because I'd have to go... And again, we're splitting hairs because even the research process now is super spoiled. Like I don't have to go inside a library. I could just type into Google, but mm -hmm. chat GPT is the next step, right? I don't, I don't have to visit 12 websites to find this information out. Yeah. I just get it by typing a prompt. I'm like, oh my gosh, this is so great. So I get my information and I'm putting it in the article. I'm like, wow, this, this really is changing. Like it's speeding up the process for me. Mm -hmm. I want to know a little bit more about the author, about the information that I'm being told. It says specifically that um, Terry Pratchett influenced Stephen King. And I'm like, that's what I want. I want to see that article where Stephen King is talking about Terry Pratchett as an influence. Right. So I say, hey, Chad GPT, why don't you go ahead and hit me up with those sources that you use to get that information? Give me, give me the links that I can click on. So, you know, generates, sends me five links. He's like, take a look at these things. Again, still a he, I don't know why. <laughs> take a look at these things. And I click the first link and it says 404 article not found. I'm like, oh, that's interesting. And I click yeah. the second link, broken. Click the third link, broken. Fourth link, broken. Oh. I asked it to generate links over and over. Generated 25 links for me. They were all broken. At that time, I'm still naive enough to think, oh, you know, GPT works off like this fixed data set. So probably it's just pulling specifically from articles that got taken down. Yeah. What I figured out in the week since was that chat was just making up URLs that oh. did not exist at all. It just okay. said, oh, here's, here's what a URL is supposed to look like. Yeah, there, there you go. That's what it is for sure. Gosh, right. Wow. So, and and my so here's my thought about that. Like, I'll, I'll sum up my kind of conclusions here, which is, yeah. if you can't trust it once, can you ever trust it? Right. That's that's the question that I have to ask. Um, yeah. Yeah. Huh. So for me, like as somebody that has played with it and you know tried to utilize mm -hmm. it. I agree that, you know, having it pull the information right now, at least at this point, is a little, a little iffy. Mm -hmm. the, like the best case I've found for it is to be able to rewrite something for me yeah. and say, you know, and really you feed it and you kind of like, you essentially work backwards. You edit what you want to send into it and then you edit again once it comes out okay. because it still is kind of in this like robotic language yeah. of like yeah, uses the same thing. But yes, yeah. now, I mean, that terrifies me to think, you know, like if we were pulling articles, <laughs> now that I have used it for like kind of like a anything that needs research yeah. kind of thing. Yeah. But like, 
it terrifies me to try and pull and any kind of like information from it. You know what I mean? Because it's saying create a URL and it goes, Oh yeah, I can make it URL. It's yeah. from, so you I know, guess you it's kind from of, Stephen King influences.com. To get that surface level thought and idea. And then like, you kind of do your own thing. From yeah. That's, I haven't used it yet, but that's kind of where I'm thinking is like, okay, like I have a good starting point here. I have like a, some notes and now I'm going to take this and run with it. Yeah. Know, and, and be enabled by it, not, you know, dictated by it almost in a way. Of yeah, exactly. It's like it should empower and enable. We're going to learn. You know, well, it's going to learn too, but we're going to yeah, learn yeah, too, right, like right. how to best use this sort of thing. That's a really funny example. Yeah, that's like, and now, I now re- you've terrified everybody that's yeah. listening. <laughs> well, good. No, because what I want to do is just like, I think that you and I, like everyone in the podcast business, everyone who writes, I think we have a responsibility to validate what we're saying before we <laughs> release it to everyone else. And, and we saw yeah. this in 2020, right? It was like, suddenly everyone's panicked because we have this virus that we know nothing about. And mm-hmm. also everyone has an opinion. And so like, we're all just trying to look for the truth on this <laughs> flood of information that may or may not be true. And right. a lot of times certainly wasn't validated by you know, folks, folks at our, our level, I, I think that, you know, the New York times and like the journalistic outlets that are still well-funded, I think that they, despite biases on both sides, I do think that generally they make an effort to find the truth. I think yeah. the danger is people on the come up, right. Who are, who are trying to still build their audience and their platform who are on the content wheel or whatever, trying to produce, trying to look good, who just, copy paste check that's my task done for the day and then mm-hmm. don't don't bother to validate so that's yeah. my favorite. or or like you kind of said before too like exaggerating something to the point of this is gonna grab someone's attention mm-hmm. you know yes. it, in the case of i guess covid saying oh this is the craziest thing we've ever seen mm-hmm. or yes. somebody else on the other opposite end of the spectrum saying oh it's not that bad mm-hmm. you know right. somebody like both pushing so far and we're seeing that a lot just in society in general yeah, still yeah. being oh, able yeah. to you know exaggerate the terms of something to the point of this is too too juicy of a thing for you to not click on <laughs> yeah. is basically what they're aiming bait, for. right you know it's that's yeah everyone wants to get views that's kind of i mean the same you know i i'm like obviously you know sports fan i think about like some articles i see and you know, just like like the way they phrase things, like so and so said so and so didn't show up in the fourth quarter. Like, yeah, you know, like I well, like, I yeah, yeah, I watch a lot of sports yeah. during the day while yeah. I'm working because you know Todd and I both have that lifestyle where we can have a t-shirt and uh, be able Enjoy to everything. you know work <laughs> work from Perfect. home or whatever. So there's a lot of sports talk on mm-hmm. TV, a lot of ESPN or whatever. I remember so they actually had a piece this morning about you know is LeBron now the hero of this is a little bit off topic, but like, <laughs> is LeBron now the hero of the playoffs? Whereas I can remember, you know, two or three weeks ago, yeah. that same commentator saying is LeBron finished because yes. he it's, wasn't. And I get like, you have to fill cycle. out content, mm-hmm. but like, that's what I'm talking about. We're like, it's to the extremities that, you know, that's going to hook you is yeah. to say, Oh man, is he finished? Yeah. <laughs> is he the best? Do I know, like, right. not, what do know? I think? What do I think? Yeah. And it doesn't, yeah. And it doesn't matter that, you know, three weeks had passed and the guy's story had changed yeah. entirely since then. But uh, it was, it was get up on ESPN. Oh yeah. I, know. So get up. I feel like yeah. we can call them out. <laughs> yeah. So, they, they're they're yeah. listeners actually. Yeah. yeah. So, <laughs> so, okay. So what do you, I guess with that too, what do you kind of um, 
do to combat do you ever catch yourself doing anything like that where you're like when you write something because you had to build a following too and i'm sure that you know everybody at some point gets a little tempted to be like maybe this isn't my Mm -hmm. best you know intellectual piece here what do you do to kind of keep yourself morally centered (laughs) yeah yeah god i love that question so because all of my work is public since 2013 to now mm-hmm. it's all on the internet you can google it and find it if you hunt hard enough you can see the evolution of like how i came from what you were just talking about like a more extreme titling thing to mm-hmm. where i am now which is a more measured i guess um headline it, especially with headline writing in specific because yeah. you just talked about that whether it's like lebron is finished or mm-hmm. it's like ben affleck and uh jennifer lopez are in a screaming match on the red carpet and they just like take the one photo frame from the video where it just that's not what's happening but that's what they use to get where she happened to be like yelling like hey can you grab my purse or yeah. whatever yeah yeah exactly but it's just so loud she has to yell so it's it's yeah. it's a mess i think <laughs> i want to address the clickbait thing because that's something i have a fairly um unusual opinion on Mm-hmm. I actually don't mind extreme headlines if they keep the promise that they start. Okay. That's that's where I'm that. at. Mm-hmm. I think a headline can be bold if it delivers on what it says again. So if a yeah. headline is yeah, in my line, that's uh, how to start a seven figure business in three months or less. Like I would go, like I would feel funny about that. But if that's what's there and they give me like all the tools and the instructions and the processes to make that happen, I, I can't be mad at that. I but feel if that. that's, yeah. Yeah. yeah if, the, if the same headline says, you know, how to make a seven figure business in three months and it's like, get your mind right. Or like, <laughs> here's a good one. I like, like partner with, a millionaire like like yeah, it's yeah. Not, no way like, oh okay what that's a good idea why didn't i think of that yeah, yeah that's not <laughs> the thing i came here for yeah, at all. Yeah, make sure yeah. you know a hedge fund owner and you'll be just right right yeah that's yeah right. exactly exactly it's true because exactly. you got to give credit where it's due like these people come you know they come up with a good a good story and it's like well then give you know give give, give it the title it deserves and 100 you know, yeah i'm with you on that one it makes yeah, a lot of sense 100 for me though <laughs> With with my headlines, I mean, I, I've just come a long way. Like I, I wrote a lot about personal development just because I wanted to be popular. So like that was the area I played in and the headlines were big and bold and spicy and all that. And, and these days, I would just rather have the trust of fewer people than the attention of more. And mm-hmm. so- That's a really good way to put it. Yeah. That's an, yeah. actually, that is the, I think a really, really good way to put that is- <laughs> you know, I don't need everybody's attention. I need the people who care. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And you know, if we want to pull this back to side hustles, that, that has worked for me. If you have the right business model, you don't need half a million people, right. To, to survive. Yeah. And yeah. so that, that's my theory. It's like, be trustworthy with the right people. And if you have, you know, the right structure around your mm-hmm. side hustle, you're, you're going to be just fine. I mean, I always, my analogy this is a, a, such a Catholic analogy, but Jesus said seven, it worked out. Or 12, I'm sorry, it worked out. Well, seven. <laughs> How many? Story <laughs> of, yeah. Whoa. Long story. 
It worked out well for him. That's the moral of the story. Well, he had he uh, had thirteen, and then he traded six to right. uh, to Tampa for players. Uh-huh. Three later. Cash consideration. Cash consideration. Yeah, yeah. yeah. that's I what happened that. there. That's I can't believe exactly. I had said seven. My parents are going to be so disappointed. Yeah, you're not allowed. I can't to wait. That's it. That's it. <laughs> <laughs> um, so we've gone a lot of different directions yeah. with things. Uh, I would that. like to know, Todd, where do you want to where do you want to take things from here? Um, what what's kind of the immediate future for you? Um, I said the other day that my big goal was just to keep doing this. Like what I, what I desire, I think more than anything else in life is to set my schedule the way I want it to, so that I can give to the people who mean the most to me. Like I brought up my wife a few times in this conversation I'm the house spouse, y'all. Like I, I do the laundry and the dishes and everything, and I wouldn't have it any other way because, one, that's where a lot of the writing ideas come. Like just you know the the mundane work of stuff. Mm-hmm. But two, like I I never wanted to be the husband or later the dad who just wasn't able to show up. And so, well, let me let me let me put it a different way: who wasn't able to show up because some boss told him that he couldn't show up there are times like let's let's be real like it's it's side hustle life sometimes you're up till midnight and that's just the way it has to be but if if i can be in control of those boundaries and i can communicate those boundaries clearly to everyone who matters in my life that's far more valuable to me than the excuse of gotta work late because i gotta make partner or impress mm-hmm. this person or talk to John of HR on the phone. Uh, <laughs> yeah. what, what I far prefer is just, again, y'all know I'm not crazy about titles, but creating services and, and products while writing in a way that helps me live the life that I deserve. And so to put some color on that, because I don't want to leave people with just like something vague, whether that's copywriting as a service which i do now or book royalties which float the boat a little bit now or consulting on books all the all three of those things are things that i do now that allow you know i'm not loaded but i get to live this life and that's that's what i want that's yeah comfort is mm-hmm. comfort is key it makes it you know what i mean like yeah. that's what you aim for yeah. you can, yeah. it's no it doesn't have to always be shoot for the stars mm-hmm. sometimes that cloud's fine it does yeah you know so get on one of them and you're good yeah um, if people want to connect with you and follow you, uh, where is a good place to uh, to connect with Todd Bryson? For sure. Um, everybody listening to this can go to whatmakesgreatwriting.com. If they're interested in the writing side of things, that's where I really go, you know, surgery on some of the writers that I admire most and say, here's something we can learn. If you're more interested just generally about my business and, and how I run it, you can go to toddbryson.com. Either way, we'll have a, a sign-up box where you can join, and um, I'll talk to you soon. Awesome. Perfect. Well, thank you so much, Todd. And what what how what did they want to get in touch with this podcast? What yes, I never thought you'd ask, Jim. Yes. Uh, if, thank you guys so much for for watching and listening. Uh, if you do want to, you know, follow this podcast, you can do that. You can get us. We're hustling sideways wherever you get your podcasts. Mm-hmm. You can also find us on Facebook. We're on Twitter. We're on Instagram. We're on YouTube, and we're on TikTok as well. Uh, so we're all over the place with tons of content there. Uh, if you want to be a guest on this podcast, you can do that. It's very simple. Yes. You send us an email. It's hustling sideways at gmail.com. 
and uh you may you, end up right here or on the screen yeah you may up, end up on zoom we can do anything now we can do We're it, making all, it happen. all the things yeah so <laughs> on that note thank you again todd we appreciate it it was uh great to sit down yes. and talk with you and uh jim keep on hustling we'll see you next week <laughs>